This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's issue, how to train your brain to be happy. So that's actually another great tip. You can make your own forgiveness room, but first you'd start with yourself, correct? And then you could I start others. with everyone else and then I start mm-hmm. with the last one would be and the most important person is to forgive yourself. Why do you start with everybody else first? It's Excuse easier. Me? Um I think it's more difficult to forgive yourself unless you have all the other people you feel who've because you're you're holding that mm-hmm. you're not holding space for yourself to forgive. You actually have all this energy towards all these other people and some people are you know, want other people to subconsciously to suffer or not to be well. And when you let go of all that, then I think you can finally forgive yourself. You have problems? She has answers. Getting down to the nitty-gritty with people who know what they're talking about. This is Advice for Life with Lynn. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com slash Audible. I love the word free. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can get them from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or so MP3 back, player. By the way, everybody, I'm using headphones for the first time, so let me know if it sounds like I'm not screaming for change. All right, so a while back, I was going through a really stressful personal situation that's code for divorce. And um, I was handling my business. Uh, you know, I told bits of the story before to listeners, but here's the whole shebang. And I thought I was doing a great job of going through a major transition while raising two teenagers, working a full-time career, and managing a home. I mean, after all, I was in group therapy, and I'm a life coach, so if anybody could go through a transition, it would be me, Right. And that's what I thought, so at least in my conscious mind. Then I started to notice I was having a somewhat difficult time taking a breath without feeling like something was on my chest. And this went on for about two weeks. And that's when I decided that maybe there was something wrong with me. That's when I decided that, you know, I should go see a doctor. So I had a bunch of tests done. And lo and behold, you know what my doctor told me my problem was? It wasn't heart disease. It wasn't a heart issue, but it was stress. I was having trouble breathing because I was stressed. That was the diagnosis. I was really shocked because on the outside, I was giving off the appearance of not being stressed. So, you know, then I asked myself, what's causing my stress? Worry, fear, sadness, this negative story I was telling myself. And then I realized it was actually my mind that was causing my fear, worry, and stress and sadness. So if my mind could cause my negative feelings... Like, I knew this intellectually, but now I really felt it. My mind can cause my positive feelings. Now, I know this isn't new to anybody listening, because if you're listening to this podcast, you already know the power of the mind. But it's one thing to know the information, and it's another thing to actually use the information. So the question is, how can we train our brain to go to positive? More specifically, how can we train the brain to make us feel happy? Today, we're going to talk to somebody who teaches people every day how to use their mind to control how they feel. Dr. Stephen Roth, also known as Dr. Steve, is a dentist who uses hypnotherapy to help his patients go through this procedure pain-free. He's now transitioning from dentistry, but that's what got this whole thing started. Like, get a cavity filled without anesthesia. Apparently, this has happened <laughs> to people, um, his, his patients. Background check. The background on today's guest, Dr. Stephen Roth is a dentist, as I just told you, and he's a certified medical hypnotherapist. He uses hypnotherapy on his patients in Miami, helping people relieve anxiety and fear or pain, 
and that god-awful drill noise by hypnotizing them and training them to use their mind to control what they feel or what they don't feel. He says he's hypnotized a patient, many, then performed dental work on them without using anesthesia, like he saw the nerve. Nasty, incredible, wow. He's also used this technique, he says, to help people with fertility and addiction. Welcome, Dr. Steve. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Thanks for the intro. You're welcome. Uh, well, it's true. I mean, what you do is amazing. So what was happening in your life that drew you to hypnotherapy? It was actually around... Uh, first time I got introduced is um, I had a marriage where my wife was emotionally challenged. So we tried a hypnotherapist then. And actually back then, that was around 2002 or three, he told me, you know, you have a great voice for hypnotherapy. Did you ever think about it? And it wasn't until around 2008 when I wanted to implement something in my practice to help my patients. So I was going to do sedation dentistry. And with sedation dentistry, there's a chance your patient can die in the chair and you won't be able to re reverse if they have a breathing problems. So there happened to be a course in hypnotherapy and dentistry that was here in Miami at a convention. And I took that class. And then there are a few other classes in there that made me really interested in hypnosis. And then later on, about a month and a half, there was one of the instructors there that was actually teaching a certification course. And I'm like, let me do this. So then I started using it in my practice. Actually, it was actually a little bit of time before I started using it in my practice when I used it on the 16-year-old girl to do a filling with no anesthesia, as, as we talked about earlier. Well, that was on our Facebook Live, too. So, so, okay. so those just listening now who weren't listening to Facebook earlier, tell me what happened. So you had a 16-year-old patient. She needed, what, a cavity filled? Or? She needed a cavity filled. And I'm like, you know what? Let me try this technique out that I learned and see if it really works. Because I'm, I'm of a scientific mind, so I wasn't sure whether, like, you know, does this stuff really work? Is it, I need proof. Placebo effects don't seem to work on me. So let me see how this works. So I hypnotized her to be on a beach and she was in the moorings in the Keys. And I love we do that something. Place. Excuse me? I love that place, by the way. Yeah, it's beautiful. nice and relaxing. Yes. And you have the person, it's called glove anesthesia. Imagine their hands in a bucket of ice and actually you pinch their hand to make sure it's numb. And then you have them transfer it to another part of their hand where they actually can test it again. And now their mind knows they can transfer that numbness anywhere. And then I have her transfer that numbness to her tooth. And then I started drilling. And I thought I wouldn't need anesthesia anyway, because it seemed like it was a really small lesion. And it kept on going further down and further down. And then I can see the red of the pulp and the nerve, <laughs> which in many cases, I'd have to give people more anesthesia. And I go, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, I'm fine. It's beautiful here on the beach. And I'm like, okay, this stuff really works. Wow. And subsequently, I've done many fillings, and I've done root canals and even extractions where I had to cut bone and do it surgically with no anesthesia. Oh, my God. So the, so the trick is, or the key is, like you said, you, you, they, they, do they put their hand in ice water for real, or they no, imagine just, it and then they transfer it? using your imagination. That's what hypnosis does, is it brings you back to when your, your mind was like childlike, and you were living in your imagination. And your story that you give it, instead of that being painful, now all of a sudden you just made a comforting suggestion to have that area numb and cool. It takes like three minutes to get a shot in your mouth. How long did this take you to transform her to where she was on the beach at the moorings? Uh, about five minutes. Oh, that, that's not too long. Yeah, and they get to feel better afterwards. And they also, if the suggestion is you're going to have little or no discomfort afterwards, even after an extraction... I'll talk to them afterwards. I'll give them my patients a call. And 
I'll go, so how do you feel? And they go, I, like nothing really happened. I feel great, fine. And I'm like, really? Even after an extraction, like a, a one that I Too would normally cool. have to give somebody, you know, opioid pain pills for, no pain. It's amazing. What did that teach you after the 16-year-old? The, that it'll work and how powerful the mind really is. So if we look you up on YouTube right now, and I was talking about this earlier on, on our Facebook tease, there's also another clip of you hypnotizing a woman, a patient, um, and you're poking her with a needle in her arm, and she doesn't feel anything either. Right. So is that the same, same process you go through? Yeah, exactly. That's called glove anesthesia. Which is what you just talked about, right. the hand thing. And it's all about training the mind to, if your mind can believe one thing, it can believe another. Like you can also, if someone's in pain, you can make it, the pain actually have a size and a form and make it get worse. Like if it's zero to 10, is 10 meaning excruciating pain and zero meaning none. And let's say they say they have a seven, you can go like, I apologize. I want you to make, you know, you have it describe it as the size of a ball. I want that ball to get larger and I want it to get redder. And what's your pain now? And they'll say like an eight, a nine. And then you go, okay, let's bring it back down, shrink it down. Once your brain knows mm-hmm. something can get more painful, it knows it can get, make it get better and reduce the pain and actually get it to zero. So back to my example okay. of my heart issues, which I think I'm a pretty super, for the most part, healthy person. How did my mind cause my breathing problems? Anxiety. Uh, people forget my background actually is uh, I have a bachelor of science in zoology at University of Florida. I read that. And we are animals and people forget when we're stressed or anxious, whether it's really physical stress or emotional stress, our body reacts. So we start breathing more shallow. When we breathe more shallow, our heart has to work harder. Our blood pressure goes up. Our immune system goes down. Reproduction goes down. Our digestion goes down. There's no energy being directed towards that because we're in fight or flight response. The other thing is, and since you're Louise Hayes followers, you realize that when you have heartache, you really have heartache also. That's part of it. And divorce is really, really challenging. Uh, Even if um, my mother was at one point when my father had passed away around holidays Mm -hmm. and his birthday, she would go to end up in the hospital with um, arrhythmia in her heart. And the doctors, I knew what it was, but she didn't believe that I knew what I was doing because I'm still her little kid. And the doctors looked at nothing emotional, but it went away and they couldn't figure out what it was. Well, they say you can't die from from heartbreak. From broken heart, yeah, 100%. So it's like an emotion that's like in your heart. That's why you were saying, because earlier, maybe you guys have not noticed, but um, I'm having problems with uh, Dr. Steve's mic. And when I was trying to make it work before we started recording, you're like, you said breathe. So... You know, you hear that in yoga class, breathe, breathe, breathe. And I always think like, what's the, you know, yeah, I am breathing. I wouldn't be alive if I'm not breathing. But your point is, bring down your stress well, level. Yeah, you, well, we actually, we're the only animals where the, that can actually change what we focus our vision on. And also to change our own breathing. So mm. by just changing your breathing and breathing deeply, you actually get your body out of fight or flight. Your brain waves actually change from beta, which is stress, to alpha, so you're more relaxed. Even changing your gaze on what you focus on, because when you're in fight or flight response, you're focused on one thing to get there. If you just do, it's called an anti-anxiety glare. You stare at a spot and you use your peripheral vision. You will actually get yourself out of panic attacks and out of stress also, as well as the breathing. That's a great tip. So say that again. I'm writing this down. <laughs> so, so if you're having an anxiety attack or panic attack, because when I think of panic attack, I think of somebody like in an elevator freaking out, throwing themselves against the wall. Mm. Uh, mine's internal, and I'm sure a lot of other people are too. So 
first of all, how can you recognize that you have anxiety? And number two, take us through that step, the peripheral thing you just mentioned. When you start to feel a little bit of a, like nervousness in your chest, like you were describing to us earlier, mm-hmm. and you start to be fidgeting, I mean, a lot of people, when they have the panic attacks and anxiety attacks, they know when it's coming. So right at that point, change your breathing. Deep breaths will bring your brain into alpha, will take you out of that fight-or-flight response. And also to stare at one spot, and as you're staring at that spot, use your peripheral vision and look to either side at the same time. What does that do, staring at one spot? It takes your, instead of focusing on one spot to get there, it actually brings you into more mindfulness. Uh, So almost a form of meditation. Correct. It is. And the benefit of that is because, you know, the the monkey mind wants to go, yeah, but whatever, I still have to worry about this. What if that happens? Oh, my God, my kids. Ah." You know, that you're not getting anywhere, but you're... And the other thing it does is it changes your focus. Now you're focusing on your breathing, and it, it's, it takes effort to actually use your peripheral vision. So it's really... And the other thing is, as a dentist state, you can smile. When you smile, you release stress. You release in, in, um, endorphins, actually. And make sure when you smile, you're not clenching, because that's also... When you clench, also, you release cortisol, which is a stress hormone. So is it okay not to mean it when you smile? Yes. Like, you know, you're faking it? But yes. you're trying to release those they endorphins. You make it, they say you will release those endorphins, and that's why the thing that I used to enjoy most in dentistry was giving people a smile, and their their life would actually change because they felt better about themselves. So that was their outer smile, and then I'm like, okay, how can we take this further? So now I give people an inner smile too. How has hypnotherapy helped your own life? It, it's uh, tremendously. I used to worry about things a lot. And I found that when you worry, you're in stress, you're not trusting in actually whether you believe in a higher power or not, your mind will create one. Like I do believe in a higher power. I'll call it God. But even I'll give you an example. I had a, um, an atheist depressed person who was in my office. I'll, I'll get back to how it affected me. Okay. Um, an atheist depressed person in my office. And if you think about being an atheist and depressed, I mean, it's pretty depressing. You really have no hope, right? Like this is it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, how do I get this person who doesn't believe in this higher power that helps him out to, to believe in something? So I'm thinking, okay, uh, voodoo. So I go, do you know how voodoo works? And he goes, only if you believe it works. And I go, that's right. So I go to him. So if you believe that your mind is powerful enough to create a reality, and in this case, a negative one because of a negative belief system, does that mean that your brain can actually create a positive reality because of a positive belief system? And he goes, yeah, because I opened that possibility of that story to his mind. And now his mind gets to be creative. So I go, so if you believed in a loving higher power, because your mind is powerful enough to create one that's a loving power, would you have anything to worry about? He goes, no. And I go, would you like that? And he goes, yes. And I can sync that into their subconscious as a new program of how they think. And that was how it helped my life the most, because I used to worry a lot. I was a a worrier, and the guilt's another thing growing up Jewish, but the worrying's also part of it. Mm -hmm. And... So a friend of mine, Amy Emmy, um, told me, so if you believe in a loving higher, I go, she goes, do you believe in a loving higher power? And I go, yes. So what do you call that loving higher power? I go, God. So she goes, so if you believe in a loving higher power, does it do things to you or for you? And that's another question that really gets to people, because if it's to you, you're a victim. 
and it's always going to be happening to you.、Mm. If it's for you, then it's a beneficial thing for you all the time. And I go, both. And she goes, well, is it possible that the things are actually to you or actually for you? Like, let's say you have a breakup or divorce and you realize that your life is going to be better with somebody else and it was a great lesson? Yes. So if you believe in a loving higher power that does things for you, do you really have anything to worry about? And then you'll see people when you do that click again. No. No. And actually, that creates happiness. You're when creating, you stop worrying. Yes. And you're creating another, well, you're training the brain to think differently. Correct. So you're putting a new software into the brain, basically. And you said、Got、it works. It. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, sometimes we can't help to have a reaction to things. Like, for example, when I make a mistake, <laughs> she saw me earlier,、um, I, I feel like I'm a bad person, or, you know, it's like blinking, like, oh, I did something wrong. Oh, it's my fault.、Um, because cells, as you know, have memory, right? cellular memory. And you're telling me that you're. Retraining the brain, putting new software in to actually change maybe cells、uh, and their memory. How can you do that? Like, how many times does it take you to do that? Can you? It's a Course in Miracles calls it a holy instant. I guess it can happen like blink, but most of us need lots yeah, of training. It takes time because you have, it's like, you know, when you're walking in a path that、um, off of, you're walking in a beaten path. So the same pathway. So to make、mm-hmm. a new path, sometimes you have to actually stop and go around. And that's what your mind does. You have neural tracts and neuroplasticity. So your mind can always create new pathways. So it's a matter of saying to yourself, and I, I did this for myself consciously, like, okay, when I would stress out or get worried, why is this happening for me? I would immediately go to that.、Mm. Why is this happening for me? And it changes. And eventually that little voice in your head stops. And when we do this in a hypnosis session, and I'll make a recording for my clients, it sinks in and that becomes a new thought process. And it's, it's all about going back to that why is this happening for me and trusting there's a loving power, whether you're creating it or it really exists, it doesn't matter. I mean, if you really want to believe in a higher power in God, it, it, he doesn't or she doesn't care. Just be that good person, do things that you feel good about yourself with. And if you don't do it well the, right, the first time, mistakes are the fertilizer of success. Right. And we know what fertilizer is made out of poo. Poo. <laughs> so, all of you out there, if you think you spread a lot of poo, good for you. Because if you plant the seed and there's no poo, it's not going to grow. It'll grow tall and then die. Yeah, I got a lot of poo.、Um, well, like Louise Hay says,、uh, one of her、um, affirmations is every, everything is happening for my greater good. Right. Is that the same kind of mentality? Yes, exactly. Everything is happening for me. For me, not, not to, to me. me. That's a great tip.、Um, so, tell me about how hypnotherapy has helped. Some of your patients, friends, people you know with、uh, addictions or fertility? Is it the same concept? It's hypnosis, it's, it's a really incredible field because I can actually put someone in a trance and ask, talk to the part of them that's causing the infertility or the depression or the addiction. Wait a minute. So you're saying that there's a part of somebody. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm not dropping eggs, or oh, you know, his sperm is blocked, or. Oh, I have this、um, like addiction. Let's say it's a genetic. You're saying there's a part of their brain that's causing it? Yes, there's subconscious, which actually controls everything. It controls how your heart works, your, all your neurochemicals, all your、uh, hormones, all your pheromones, everything. So there's a part of you that knows, and it may be doing it for a reason it thinks is good, or it may be to punish you. If you grew up with a program that Uh, there's some religions that say we're all born sinners. 
or mm-hmm. feel guilty or someone in your life said you never amount to anything, that's when all your programs are coming in before you're around nine years old. Those are your core programs. So you will keep on creating life stories, stories or real life. Your reality is basically that you're not, never good enough and not good enough and don't deserve. So one of the first, my first session that I do with clients, I always put them in a forgiveness room to forgive all the people around them. Oh, that's a great idea. And most importantly, themselves. Right. And hopefully they're to learn the lessons and everyone happened like it's a play. We're playing in life. So make it where you realize all these wonderful characters who are in your life, especially the ones that you thought were the worst, best teachers. And when you can look at it that way, you're elevating your consciousness. You're becoming connected to your source. You become the sorcerer or the sorceress. So that's actually another great tip. You can make your own forgiveness room, but first you'd start with yourself, correct? And then you could I start others. with everyone else, and then I start mm-hmm. with the last one would be, and the most important person is to forgive yourself. Why do you start with everybody else first? It's Excuse easier. Um, I think it's more difficult to forgive yourself unless you have all the other people you feel who've, because you're, you're holding that, mm-hmm. you're not holding space for yourself to forgive. You actually have all this energy towards all these other people, and some people are, you know, want other people to subconsciously to suffer or not to be well. And when you let go of all that, then I think you can finally forgive yourself. So how would you help somebody, for example, with fertility issues? Maybe they just have some sort of physiological issue. You're saying it's not. Well, that if, if it is a physiological issue, I mean, like if you're born without your tubes connected, which mm-hmm. I did have a client like that, um, that's another challenge. But if you were healthy at one point, we can usually restore that because you have the same DNA, DNA in your cells to perform and make healthy cells. So within a year, every single cell in your body is actually had died and is new. So you're always changing. You're ever changing. So with fertility issues, especially, I have to remove the guilt first. And if they've ever had an abortion or miscarriage, they're going to feel bad or they don't want to have that feeling again because your, your mind is going to protect you from feeling physical or emotional pain. It doesn't really know the difference. So if you felt the pain of having an abortion or the guilt of having an abortion or miscarriage and you never want to have that again, your body is really not going to want to get pregnant again. Mm. Then there's some women who feel not like consciously. Excuse me? Not consciously. Yes, yeah, subconsciously. Right. But remember, that controls all your hormones. Mm-hmm. That controls all your biological processes. We don't think about making our heart, you know. Actually, you can change your heartbeat by thinking about it differently, too, in meditation. Um, in fertility, what I also do is, and what I've been doing with a lot of people, is having them go back to their happiest moments and their proudest moments. For instance, a song that may bring a happy moment or a food that brings a happy moment. And you can actually relive those stories. And when someone's in a trance, I'll have them. So with the next breath, it's 10 times that good feeling of playing with your grandfather in the lakefront or in the cottage, whatever. And you can actually increase those and enhance those so you feel it in every cell of your body. Then with neuro-linguistic programming, you can actually anchor in that physically. So every time, for instance, somebody makes a fist and I'll say, every time you pump this up, you feel it more and more. Then I'll bring them to a proudest moment. So it's it's these new neurochemicals. It's the mm-hmm. endorphins. It's the dopamine. And then I'll get serotonin because I'll make a proud, proud moment. And so every time they make that fist, they feel that. Then I bring them forward to finding out they're pregnant. And I get those good feelings. Then is I, that hypnotherapy, though? Or is that just training the brain? Or is it the same thing? Both. Okay. But it's, it's using... Hypnotherapy is... It gets you into the same... Like, it's meditation. It's mm-hmm. mindfulness. However, it's more directed. And when you're in a hypnotic trance, you're focused on my voice. It's not like when meditation, and I can meditate for 
the most 10 minutes because my mind's really active. In hypnosis, it's different. My mind is focused. It doesn't go from side to side and doesn't go on all these tangents. The drunken money monkey's actually sober, I guess. <laughs> so when you do that, I have the brain now, instead of being addicted to cortisol and fight or flight, which it likes, and you know people, I'm sure there's people in your life who always have these stressful events. And you're yes. like, how can this, like, the drama, the drama mamas? Yes. Yes. So they're addicted to cortisol. They're addicted to those feelings in their brain. So I want to get them addicted to the proud moments, the serotonin, the endorphins, the dopamine, all these wonderful feeling things. So now I have that anchored in. So I'll bring them to the next time you can bring people in the future and have them imagine it in a trance. So you talk to the doctor, you take your test and they say, you're pregnant. Congratulations. And then I'll bring them and I'll anchor in those good feelings, have them make a fist. Then I'll bring them forward to giving birth and actually making it a pleasant experience for them. Because a lot of women are afraid of that, and I don't Mm -hmm. blame them. And then I'll bring them to when the child is a year old and anchoring those good feelings. Now, all of a sudden, all the fears that they had had, which would stop them from actually creating and getting fertile and and producing a baby, are gone. So it reminds me of what my therapist, my guru, used to say years ago. One of my issues is not feeling good enough. So she's like, when you have that good enough feeling during the day, anchor it. And I was like, what Mm -hmm. are you talking about? And one time it happened at work, going to the bathroom, like, oh, it just appeared like for no wasn't like a situation i was trying to hold it hold it hold it it's very similar to what you're talking about a lot of so i'm also a life coach and a lot of my clients want to feel better want to which is the basis of this podcast be happy find someone but basically they want to feel happy so what are your top three tools that you would give them i mean you going to you for hypnotherapy or somebody else but how can somebody help themselves with some of your techniques definitely what we were talking about earlier like when things happen ask why is this happening for me that i think is a biggest switch the other thing i want your listeners to remember is uh i don't know if you've ever tried laughing gas i love it okay (laughs) (laughs) and when you're on laughing gas what are you worried about nothing (laughs) exactly so people think the laughing gas actually makes you happy. What it does is it takes away your worries. Mm. So think about a child, like a little child. Why are they so happy? Like most of them. What do they have to worry about? Nothing. Exactly. So when you remember, when you let go of your worries and you trust, because there's probably something a lot more powerful than your physical form here, that is the key to happiness. And also moving forward in life and, and realize we're always changing and being creative. I'm going to a Burning Man with my girlfriend in a couple of weeks. And if you want to see happiness and joy and creativity, we need to be creative. For sure. You have sure. to be creative in your life. And that means that some people are, are a little freaked out by that. You don't have to paint. It can be anything. It can be, give us examples. It could of be writing. It could be poetry. Right. It can be creating music, um, designing, just be singing, creative. Singing poorly. Singing. Yep. For, yeah. Karaoke with some tequila. I don't know. Right, right. <laughs> Or laughing gas. And laugh, yes. And so that's, and laughing gas, is, it works really well. And like I, I ask my patients, what are you worried about when they're on it? And they're, they smile and they're like, nothing. So you have that, you have the letting go of worries. You have, remember, um, actually, if you, you can try this at home, think of something negative or somebody negative and then smile genuinely and see if you can maintain that thought. What's the thought? If you can maintain that negative thought while you're smiling. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of like smiling when when you really want to cry. It stops Mm -hmm. your tears. 
So just to review, okay, I just wrote down some notes and okay. for those listening in their car or walking, just to review some of your tips for training your brain to be happy. Um, notice your body, number one, where you might be feeling this this stress or negativity. Deep breaths so you can stop the release of cortisol. Uh, stare at one spot and use your peripheral vision, you said. Right, to- the anti-anxiety glares. That's a great tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, smile to release endorphins. Even if you don't mean it, it's okay. Uh, and I think, for me, your favorite tip, my favorite tip, was uh, ask yourself, why, why is this happening for me, not why is this happening to me? And one more, just because I just came up with it, because it's something I've been going through in my life, and it's also something I've been coaching my clients and relationships with. When you start to get those fears that come up, and from probably from neg- past relationships, because who wants to feel that heartache again? Start going over all the things that you love about that person. And eventually those other negatives, they'll go away. Love about the your former whoever? No, no. Well, whoever, if you're, if this is if you're involved in a relationship uh-huh. and you have things that will come up that will scare you a little bit and oh, take yeah. you out of that connection, start thinking about why you are with that person and the wonderful things about them. And you'll see how the other ones are just melt away. Because so, it's all about fear. So, yeah. So, for example, you're in a relationship and fear comes up like, oh, my gosh, he's cheating on me. Oh, she's looking at somebody else. Or, oh, he's leaving his stuff on the floor. It's never going to work. I knew this. All those negative thoughts. Flip over to the positive. Everything you like about this person or love about that person. And if you're having negative thoughts about, you know, because I see a lot of people who want to find somebody. Oh, there's nobody in Miami. I hear that so many times. Okay. So, I got one for that one, too. Mm -hmm. Because I've been successful, actually, with a couple of people because I've been doing that. Mm -hmm. May I share? Yeah, please. Okay, so we do the same thing where I'll bring you to your happiest moments and your proudest moments, anchor that in. The other thing is like when somebody says there's no good people in Miami, they're right. Their mind will not even be open to that possibility, even if someone's right in their face. So when, when I'm coaching someone, I always go, so is it possible out of the, how many people are in Miami? A couple hundred thousand people mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. There's at least one or there may be somebody visiting of the million visitors that'll be right for you. Is that possible? Yeah, I guess it's possible. Now they're open to it. And then I have them give me a description of who they would like in their life. And then I'll bring them forward to what it feels like. Like, what's it going to be like when you have this person? And then I'll anchor in those feelings I took from their past moments. And I've had um, several people meet their significant others, including one uh, who a month and a half after I hypnotized her, she met somebody... And they got married within two weeks. And I'm not advocating that. But you, so what, what, tell us what that does when you, because what does the happiest moment, that energy, have anything to do with thinking that there's a 1% possibility you may find somebody in a large city with? You're attracted. Remember the, I, the secret was, I like, if you've seen the secret, mm-hmm. I liked it and I didn't like it. Because it, it made it too cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. You get everything that you need in your life. And the, the key to happiness is actually um, wanting what you get, not getting what you want. Oh, that's deep, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, and that's one of the keys. And the other thing is if you feel like you're not worthy, you feel guilty, you feel unworthy, you're not going to attract that person. So we have to work on that part. Then, remember, they would say, you want to, like, if you want that Ferrari, sit in it and imagine you're right. driving. And I'm like, come on. 
So you actually have to have those feelings of being with that partner and being feeling that intimacy and what it's going to be like. And now all of a sudden you're attracting that into your life. You have to really want it and know you deserve it. And not be afraid of it. Right. Right. And that goes to not, that's not just with relationships, with happiness. Yes. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're going, yeah, that sounds great, whatever, maybe you're not ready to be happy. Or maybe sure. on some level you don't want that yet. Yes. And, and you're that's afraid. Okay. Um, that's the other thing is there's some people that have been happy and then it got taken away and they're afraid of having that feeling and having it taken away again. And maybe they don't even realize that. It's like a subconscious thing. Right. It's just their mind protecting them from feeling pain and the pain of losing something actually sometimes is worse than having it. Well, I can understand that, yeah. but that's that's an awful feeling. I love what you just said. Remember, the key to happiness, according to Dr. Steve, is <laughs> wanting what you get. Wanting what you get. Being happy with what is. And trusting it's for your highest good. That's one of the, that's really, and it's, that has affected my life tremendously. And um, so I get to share that with my clients. That's good stuff. And by the way, for part two of this podcast, I want to let him uh, hypnotize me. God help me. What time is it? Hopefully we won't have time for that. No, we do. Um, <laughs> what is your best advice for life on how to train the brain to be happy in a sentence? Focus on the positive. Focus on what's happening for you in your life and know what you want also. Otherwise, you'll never find it. That's good stuff. Before we let you go, we're going to do Lynn's Fab Five, where I get to ask you five random questions. It's to help us learn more about Dr. Steve. Are you ready? I am ready. What's your biggest pet peeve, Mr. Buddha? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> My biggest pet peeve is, and it's, it's people who refuse to grow. And um, I can see greatness in people. And to see people suffering needlessly because they keep on living in their same story is probably my biggest peeve. The last time you judged yourself? (laughs) Um, Last time I judged myself. It's been years, I think. Just on some of my behaviors. I'm sorry? Just based on a, a behavior I didn't... Actually... Okay. Um, actually, no, it was recently. It was last month when I behaved in a fashion that I was just really disappointed that I did it. It was like something that came out of me that I was like, okay, so I'm not perfect. I do have my moments, but the thing is I get to reflect on it and what brought this up and what triggered it. So it was a good, healthy thing, especially in a, I'm in a new relationship. And yeah, I'm not perfect either. What's your favorite curse word? Um, I guess since I grew up in Miami, coño. <laughs> What's your number one limitation? Uh, my number one limitation would be fear or self-doubt, which arises. And then I'll just ask myself, why is this happening for me? Lastly, what's, your best, what's the best advice you ever gave yourself? Best advice I ever gave myself was and is to just trust in the universe and everything's going to be okay. Every little thing is going to be, be all right. Okay. Yeah, man. Thank you so much, Dr. Steve. If you want to get in contact with Dr. Stephen Roth, you can reach him at elite, E-L-I-T-E, hypno.com. Also at Dr. Roth at elitehypno.com and at his new website, drstephenroth.com. And stay tuned for, um, yeah, me being, quote, hypnotized. It's the journalist to me. I'm like, <laughs> quote, hypnotized. 
Awesome. Okay, I'm going to make you. you a believer. Okay. A reminder to everybody, submit your questions on AdviceForLifeWithLynn.com. And while you're there, sign up for my free email. You'll be the first to get my weekly blog on how to live consciously and peacefully. You'll also get access to my free happiness guide when you sign up. Also, I'm looking for guests with different ways that they can help the Advice for Life with Lynn followers. So reach out. Maybe if you think you've got something to say and you want to be on the podcast. Lastly, please subscribe and rate my podcast on iTunes. I really care about what you think. So tell me how I'm doing. I want your thoughts. The links are in the show notes and also on the website. I want to help as many people as I can with this podcast. So your shares, your subscribes and reviews help us gain visibility in the iTunes store and they help us reach more people. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time. And remember, there is nothing we can't talk about.